Thank you, Peter, and welcome to everybody. It's uh, wonderful to be with you. We're discovering uh, the spiritual dimension of technology these days, and I must admit I'm enjoying it because, uh, as you know, I've been traveling a lot over the past uh, few decades, and now I can travel between Germany last night, Singapore this morning, and be home at Bonveau for lunch. So, um, we're discovering uh, a, a wonderful new resource. We've always thought of technology very often in negative terms, you know, or it's addictive or it gets in the way. Or and Now we're beginning to see that there's a real grace in technology if we use it properly. It's one of those uh, benefits to humanity that we can use well. It doesn't replace um, the, the, the the human contact and human presence, but it is a real form of presence. And it's an experience of spiritual space. And there's no doubt that it, it uh, helps to nourish and deepen, I would say, even a sense of community. And even in materialistic terms, it enables uh, you know, more people to come together more, more easily, more often. So we're learning. One of the things we're learning through this crisis, well, we're learning many things through it. Here at Bonveau, I'm, uh, I'm in a very beautiful prison, uh, locked down, but uh, with a lot of space to go and walk in. And I have very nice prisoners uh, it, uh, locked in with me, a group of about 12. Uh, we meditate together. You might hear the bell. Can you hear the bell? Anyway, the bell is just ringing for the midday meditation. Oh, we meditate at 12.15 every day. So um, we have the rhythm of life, uh, prayer and manual work. And I do quite a lot of, of this kind of work and, uh, and, uh, and study and time for community. So we, we've, we're learning a lot about uh, Bombo and its capacity really to be a center for the community worldwide, uh, a place where meditators can feel connected either by personal visits when the time comes, or of course, uh, now in this online way. And uh, we can share something of that peace that is at the heart of, of Bombo. So thank you for your invitation to come, and uh, I'm delighted to be with you and to share some thoughts with you before we meditate. Well, we're in a crisis, and it's a crisis that we, we can't see our exit from very easily or quickly. And it's forced us to reflect quite deeply upon the way we were living as a human family, globally. We were shocked, I think, into an experience of unity. We were shocked by the virus and the disruption it caused. We can be shocked by many things. We can be shocked by love. We can be shocked by beauty into a sense of unity. But to be shocked by suffering uh, into an experience of our interdependence, that we need each other, that we're in this together, that's, uh, that's a, special, a special meaning for us, I think. And one of the things we are reflecting on, or many people are reflecting on, uh, is the, their experience of life, what we call lifestyle, how we were living, and what is the meaning of our experience. 
it's all very well to have a lot of experience, but if we don't have a feeling of the meaning of it, we feel very incomplete. I mean, I met somebody not long ago who'd had a, a serious heart attack and uh, they were caught in time, they received good treatment and they're back on their feet and living a normal life, enjoying work and family and children. But he said to me, you know, I'm really grateful for that heart attack. It was a wake up call for me and uh, I'm living differently now. And I think that is something we can all hope for. And we as a community, meditating community can contribute to seeing the silver lining as it were, or the advantages or the hope that can come out of this very serious time of uh, suffering, loss of life uh, and disruption. So what have we learned? What have we learned? If we had the time and the uh, opportunity, we, we could share that with each other. And I hope you are sharing it with each other in your meditation groups or when you meet online or with your family and friends. What are we learning from this time, both personally and socially? We are, we are Christian contemplatives, each one of us. And the Christian contemplative doesn't separate the personal and the social. We see them as two sides of the same coin because the Christian understands contemplation as a work of love. And the most important benefit that comes to us through that work is that we become more loving. That's the real test of meditation. I've often said, you know, to people who have been a bit skeptical about meditation and they say that it's, uh, you know, they're having a hard time with it and they don't know if it's working. And I say, well, if it doesn't make you a more loving person in 20 years, you get your money back. Terms and conditions apply. So this is the real purpose of our meditation, that we enter into this work of love that is the heart of humanity and the heart of the meaning of creation, in fact. So what are some of the things that we may have learned and that I've heard many people talk about? First of all, they've understood what Father John said, that the times of meditation are the most important times of your day. You know, when you first begin to meditate, you don't really understand what that means. It seems a little bit extreme. The times of meditation are the most important times of the day. But the longer you meditate and see the real fruit of meditation, the more you understand the meaning of those words. And during this time of shutdown and lockdown, um, perhaps we have understood how important those times of meditation are to helping us to get through the, the difficulties of the pressures, the claustrophobia, the frustration of this time. And we've understood the priority of being before doing. We've often spoken about the story of Martha and Mary. And the meaning of that story 
is that being comes before doing. And very often in our lifestyle before, we put doing before being. We put the cart before the horse. And then we wondered why we, we weren't going uh, in the right direction. A second thing that we've learned perhaps through this time of uh, crisis has been discipline. The word discipline sets up some negative associations in many people's minds. Although I meet a lot of young people today who are, and many of them who come to Bombeau, are looking for discipline. They know they need it. They know that in a consumer society, the way we've often been brought up, it's all about satisfying your immediate impulses. But they also are discovering the weakness of that and the dangers of that. And they are looking for discipline. Of course, the good discipline, the spiritual discipline, needs to be freely chosen and freely accepted. But we've probably understood better during this time that discipline is a gift, a gift to us. It's a gift we have to accept and, of course, learn to integrate. And it's also about time management. If we can't manage our own time, if we feel stressed and we don't have time to meditate and so on, then there's something wrong with our lifestyle, something wrong with our priorities. Being comes before doing. Another thing we perhaps, I hope, have discovered is the, the meaning of this very important idea for us as a Christian meditation community, that meditation creates community. In other words, we're not in this just for ourselves, for what we get out of it. We don't buy meditation just for our own individual well-being. That's often how meditation is presented in a commercial environment. And of course, there are benefits, wonderful benefits for meditation. But it's in the experience of the community, the communion, the friendship, that comes out, the one that brings us together here uh, this, uh, this evening for you, is this, uh, this mysterious gift of community that comes through meditation and which for us is nothing less than the presence of Christ, where two or three are gathered deeply in my name, I am there. And that's what community means. And I think we may also have discovered in these last few weeks the joy and the energy of meditating with others, even online. It makes us want to come together more and to see the real value of sharing this actually uh, with other people. So then those may be some of the things we've learned, but we may also have seen some of the problems in our past lifestyle that we didn't have a good balance of life, that we didn't have our priorities quite adjusted. We didn't value family, the time you spend with family and friends, or time for reading. A life where there's no reading is a really impoverished life. Or time spent just in listening to other people, to try to understand what they're going through, 
how we might just be attentive to them or in times of difficulties or conflict, trying to see things from their point of view. And that's the best way to reconcile divisions is to listen to the other person. It takes time, but it's very healing. Well, we've also learned a lot and are learning a lot uh, at a social level. I think we have noticed that we had lost the essential dimension of interiority. We became very introverted. That's not the same as interior. To be introverted means you're just self-centered, fixated on yourself. Interiority is very different. And we have, in our lifestyle, we had lost the existence, the, 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 we've forgotten the existence of the inner room of our own heart. And Jesus makes that the first teaching on prayer. Go into your inner room. And if we lost this interiority, we create havoc, both in our individual psyche and in our society. We become isolated, strangely enough. If we, if we lose interiority, we become lonely. We lose connection. We become depressed or we become overcompetitive. We compensate with overactivity, externality, doing things externally all the time, distracting ourselves all the time. We don't, we forget how to collaborate. We're always competing. So if we lose this interiority, we lose, we lose everything. We lose the real balance of life. And how do we recover it? Well, that's a gift that we as Christian contemplatives have to share with society and with our fellow Christians. We recover it simply by being simple, by being still. We don't recover it so much by medication, but by having those short, regular, focused periods of stillness integrated in our lifestyle, in our daily life. Meditate twice a day. Sit down, sit still. Close your eyes, let go of your thoughts, and say your word with attention. Could not be more simple or more transformative than that. Our faith, our Christian faith, is a tremendous strength for that discipline of stillness and silence. And it stops us from turning meditation into another me-centered activity into something just introverted and self-centered. A few days ago, I was in the Caribbean, again, virtually, and uh, I was giving a retreat to the bishops of the Caribbean, very open-minded men, and thinking deeply about the future of the church and what this crisis was teaching them as leaders of the church. And I think with so many churches, church worship shut down, we are discovering that we may miss the mass, of course, we do. 
But we don't have to miss the real presence of Christ in our hearts. Our hearts, that inner room, is the tabernacle. We are the tabernacle of the risen Christ. And maybe that's something that the church needs to, to remember. So as I spoke with these bishops from the Caribbean, I was also thinking of how many other bishops around the world are teaching meditation now. The Archbishop of Canberra, for example, produced a, a video recently, Meditation in the Catholic Tradition, is a way of introducing it to all of the parts of his diocese in Australia. And recently, in January, I was in uh, Myanmar uh, with the Archbishop of Mandalay, Bishop Marco, a Burmese bishop who is, and I was in his cathedral with him at his invitation, teaching a full cathedral of, of people to meditate. And he teaches meditation in our tradition uh, regularly. These are very important signs of the church recovering this contemplative dimension. Interiority is also necessary for mental health and good organizations. The faith insight into this for us is the reality of Christ in us. But also us in Christ. It's a mutual indwelling, a mutual interiority. That's almost a definition of love, isn't it? I in you and you in me, that is love. That is the indwelling, the interiority of our faith. And the fruit of this is not abstract. It is very concrete. It's action. It changes the way we live. We become more compassionate, more loving and active in the service of others. I was thinking recently, uh, I'm not an economist, but I'm very aware, well aware that in many of our most affluent societies, the most underfunded part of the economy are the social services. But what a wonderful gift to the world are the services that are offered by people to those in need to give recognition and dignity to people who are often marginalized or old or no longer useful or handicapped. These are services that should be valued even financially. Maybe we could have a new economy that would recognize compassionately but also intelligently the real value of the services that we give to each other showing the infinite value that each person has and the equal value of each person. That we are all interdependent, young, old, rich, poor, intelligent, handicapped. We're all equal. That's Christ's vision of us. But then his vision, the way he sees us, equally, equally lovable, is how we should see each other. So the contemplative vision is that I see you and you see me 
as Christ sees each of us. And that is the kingdom of God. That is what we are doing as contemplatives to share in Christ's work of bringing humanity to its true nature, its true potential. So maybe during this time of uh, lockdown, we can begin to remember that Christianity is a mystical faith that changes the world. It's not just a moral code. It's not about rules and regulations. It's not just a religious institution. It's not about judging, but healing and restoring the vision that humanity should have of itself, how we see ourselves and each other. So, despite the, 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 the tragedies and the loss of life and the social disruption and the anxiety about the future, there are very hopeful insights emerging from this time of crisis. Sarah Bachelard, one of our younger teachers in our community, uh, who lives in Canberra actually, uh, is giving a series of talks on our new website, Contemplative Path Through the Crisis. And she's giving a series of six talks, she's halfway through them now. She's speaking about hope and Christian virtue. And it was very interesting what she was saying uh, on Tuesday, she gives, gives the talk every, every Tuesday, that these virtues or these faith, hope and charity, the theological virtues we call them, these are not things that we earn, but they're gifts. They're a grace that we have to receive. And I was thinking later, when somebody gives you a gift, it takes you by surprise. It touches you that they thought of you. And the gift itself becomes a, a surprise that restores you and maybe strengthens the relationship. So we must see this gift of hope as something that is grace, and we need it now, we need hope now, real hope. And we should allow it to take us by surprise. God should surprise us. When we feel down, when we feel depressed, when we feel hopeless, we can be surprised, really surprised to see that we are feeling hope. And we say to ourselves, I shouldn't be feeling hope. But I do. That's grace. Something that takes you by surprise. Accepting things as they are, not blaming God or the government, but accepting what is reality, being realistic. Then hope arises in us, surprisingly, even if we have moments of despair, moments of depression, we can still feel this gift of hope filling us and entering us. And that's the great gift of meditation to us and to the world. And we have learned how to accept that gift. Maybe during this time of crisis, of shutdown, we can learn to accept it even more fully. This is the great gift of meditation because it restores us to the source of our faith. 
And the source of that faith is nothing less than the love of Christ, than the real presence of Christ in our inner room, in us. And our thank you for that gift is simply that we become really present to him. And seeing that, understanding that, we see each other with new eyes and community is then born or reborn. So contemplatives rule, contemplatives are necessary in this time of crisis. And each of us, we're not perfect contemplatives, not about being perfect, it's about being faithful. And we play our role by sharing that gift not by force or marketing strategies, but by example, by initiation, by contagion, by sharing. And it's never more important than now that we do recognize those times of meditation at home or online, wherever, are the most important times of the day and understand why that is true. It doesn't matter whether it's at home or online, or in the church, what matters is that it is in the inner room. So let's meditate now in that inner room that Jesus taught us about, and he taught us that this is our true home. This is our real personal space uh, where we can be one with him and one with each other. So let's take a moment to prepare for meditation. First of all, let's take a few moments just to Become physically still and comfortable, so sit with your back straight. Relax your shoulders. Relax the muscles of your face. Close your eyes lightly. And then just be aware of your breathing for a few breaths. That helps to begin to take our attention off our thoughts. Meditation is not what you think. To breathe in the gift of life and learn again just to be. Not to do, not to plan, not to remember, not to fret or worry, but just 100% to be. And to help us now to go into that inner room and to be who we are and allow God to be who God is in us, we take our word, our mantra, and we repeat it faithfully, continuously, lovingly. The word again that we teach, recommend is Maranatha. Ma-ra-na-tha. Ma-ra-na-tha. Say the word clearly in your mind. Listen to it as you say it. Say it gently, without force. Say it with complete attention and when you get distracted, let go of the thought 
and return faithfully to your word. Ma ra na tha. That's the work of love. And then if you know the, the prayer, let's uh, go into this time of meditation with this prayer of our community. Heavenly Father, open our hearts to the silent presence of the Spirit of your Son. Lead us into that mysterious silence where your love is revealed to all who call. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Let's conclude with these words of Jesus from the Gospel of John. May they all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. So also, may they be in us. I in them, and you in me. May they be perfectly one. So that the love you have for me may be in them, and I may be in them. That's the unity we were talking about.